0: I am uh, happy to introduce everyone to Carl Smith, who needs no introduction because he's very well known by, by our Navy uh, community, um, and he's been gracious to uh, join me today for a few Q&A, for a few questions, um, and, and as a part of this uh, a new endeavor in the podcast world. So thank you so much, Carl, for uh, for being with me and for joining me in one of my first, I think it'll be my second podcast with Carl Smith.
1: It's it's my pleasure and thanks for having me. Uh, Any chance you get to talk about the Naval Academy is is gonna be a good day.
0: I agree completely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you and I are uh, 2020 parents and we were uh, in that members of that class with the singular distinction of being commissioned virtually. And uh, just a few thoughts before we get started um, on the opportunity for the current 2021, 22, 23, and 24s to kind of return to a more normalized world.
1: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, as 2020 parents, we see things through that lens of how our commissioning and that whole week and everything got kind of upended. Um, it's easy for us to lose track that the the current plebes have had a plebe year unlike any other and in fact everybody who's on the yard now it's 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 a totally different experience, although we're starting to see things lift. Um, The hard ROM has been hard on all the all the the, uh, the mids and and the parents, you know and the extended navy family so. Yeah, it's it's easy for us to get swept up in that. You know, we, we may have that distinction of being the only ones virtual, but we're not the only um, class that had a significant impact from the from the pandemic.
0: Thank you, thank you for your thoughts because that's very true. I, I uh, many times find myself uh, in that mindset of woe is me, um, but it's it's true that um, I think every class has miss on something so oh, thank you certainly. for your thoughts on that sure so just a little bit for those of you who don't know you that maybe the newer families who who don't know you um tell us a bit about yourself and about your connection to usna
1: sure so my as, as you noted Ann, my son graduated as a part of the class of 2020 um he was a direct admit so he came right from high school uh high school senior and a month later you know got dropped on the yard um so that's how i kind of got swept up into it um my son was actually introduced to the naval academy part of our our boy scout troop um troop 10 up here in in pennsylvania um make a commitment to try to camp at all the academies and introduce the kids to all the academies at some time every year's different so we camped up at west point we camped on annapolis we went out to the air force academy when we did the film on high adventure so we you know toured the naval academy grounds and you know, my son was pretty much swept up and he was very impressed by by what he saw, and that led um, you know that led to him applying to and eventually being um, you know getting the the nomination and the appointment. So it, that's how the ride started.
0: I think that's wonderful that you uh, help uh, young people to get them introduced to all the academies. Yeah.
1: It's, it's very important. Yeah, we, we had, it ended up being, working out really well. And you know, one of the things about my son is he, he, because of his time with the Boy Scouts, really loves backpacking, camping, uh, the whole great outdoors, which is, so when we went out to, he had been talking about the Naval Academy, we went out to Philmont and we did that time at the Air Force Academy. I thought this will, this will switch gears for him. He'll want to go to the Air Force Academy once he sees the Rockies and all that. But, um, he didn't, he it was, uh, in fact, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but you know, all these kids, and they, I still think they're kids when they get in there, they're all on a different journey. They're all on a different path. Um, and I see constantly parents posting, well, from the time my son was, daughter was five years old. They wanted to go to the Naval Academy. And and I, I would say up until my son was a junior in high school, he wasn't 100% sure. And he didn't apply to any of the other academies. He didn't wasn't interested in ROTC. He said to me quite point blank, it's either gonna be the Naval Academy or civilian college. And it was that, it was that simple for him. So, um, you know, like I said, everybody kind of follows their own path and gets there in their own mm-hmm. way.
0: Yes, that's true. And, and actually very similar to uh, my own children uh, mm-hmm. who uh, had the, the sense of Naval Academy or civilian. Um, mm-hmm. And they became interested in. My son became interested in the Naval Academy after he went on a Tiger Cruise with my dad, who's a USNA grad, mm-hmm. and uh, really liked it. The commander kind of took time to show him around the ship, and he got to participate in some of the activities. And then he that made him decide to apply to summer seminar. And then when he came back from summer seminar, he said, "I am doing this. This that was is it. what I want." Yeah. And then my daughter, having gone through I Day with my, with our oldest. Uh, I we asked her is something you'd like to do oh absolutely not (laughs) and then sometime in sophomore year in high school she said you know I could study chemistry at the Naval Academy yeah and my husband and I looked at each other and we just we were quiet ran the other way like okay she goes and you know we can't say anything so anyway um, so thank you for that and um, one of the things that I love about your journey's Uh, specifically is that you're such a great writer and you turn that gift into blogging and I'm sure it was also very cathartic for you Mm -hmm. to write and and kind of journal uh your journey and we have that in common because I I ended up writing but I have my book um I use a name mom's journal you write and you have your blog Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about what gave you the inspiration to begin your my kid the mid blog
1: yeah, it really um, obviously, and it honestly, and it, it, with catharsis is the, is the right word. So um, early on, in Noah's time at the academy, I started putting together uh, my book, which I you know I tell people all the time. There's no not exactly high literary um, quality to it. It's really a collection. Uh, but as I was collecting all that stuff, um, and I thought getting to know more about the academy would kind of placate me. But I found that as a writer and a content creator, it was, um, I needed something else. I needed an outlet. And I thought, well, writing about it was just the most obvious thing for me to do. So I just started writing um, and sharing some of the posts. Some people got it. They were, they, you know, they, I think I got some pretty good reception to it. You know, other people don't, that's okay. Um, And I've been lucky enough to have people like yourself and, uh, you know, Grant Vermeer and Kristen Kronik who've all kind of, offered up their time to kind of offer some different perspectives. Um, And one of the things I think along the journey um, that one way or another we all come to is you can't do it alone. Um, Yes. And that comes, you know, I I don't think your mid can do it alone. I think they need support from their fellow mids and from their sponsors and from their families. But as parents, we need that same, we need some support as well, because it can be, um, it can be very isolating and you know it's it's funny when you're talking about us kind of seeing things 2020 the class of 2020 seeing the pandemic through that very singular lens of this is what we lost and sometimes blocking out what everybody else lost um i think as academy parents it's easier for us to kind of get locked into that there are um, our friends we usually will have friends who have kids who are in college and they're on a much different path than our kids you know they're the same age they're they're taking college classes but they might as well be on different different planets so to find that there i've had a number of people reach out and say oh my gosh that's exactly what i was thinking and one i'm happy that they said that that they felt that they have a kinder spirit but i'm like "Oh, thank god i'm not the only one who's thinking that too i'm not the only (laughs) one who's you know who's worried or or happy or sad or scared or or whatever um and i i constantly repeat to people the that concept that your experience is the right experience um, because everybody, everybody on this path is at a different spot. I, a, a number of parents will refer to their kids as their warrior. This is my warrior, and I think that's fine. I can tell you, I never look at my son and see a warrior. I, you know, I see a very smart young man who's who's capable of leading, and that's neither good nor bad. It's just different. And I know some some people see uh, their their kid is at the academy to get an education, and they're going to five and dive. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. There's other ones I know. A couple of my son's closest friends there's no doubt in my mind those those mids will turn into ensigns or second lieutenants, and they'll retire in 30 some years from the navy and everybody's got a different path and a different objective and a different journey and we're just you know i'm just looking for different touch points along the way where we can have some kind of some shared experiences
0: that is so important and thank you for bringing that up carl because we really are not alone and it's such a unique journey that only the people that are going through the journey itself and, and even mm-hmm. between West Point and the air force. And, and I'll ask you about that in a minute. Um, it can be such a different journey as well. Um, that it's important to remember that we're not alone. We're in this together and everybody has a different journey. You're absolutely right on yep. that.
1: I can tell you in the, um, to this day, the, the one of the most read pieces I've had on my, my blog was a, um, a story of a mom whose son voluntarily left the Academy. And, um, and as a writer, it was easy to write. Cause I just basically copy and pasted the email she sends me. Um, and she, you know, the, th- the background of the story was I'd reached out to her and said, you know, I'm sure people could benefit from telling this story. Uh, her son wasn't interested in talking, but he gave her the green license. You can share whatever you want. I just don't want to talk about it. So she <laughs> shared the story and it was very touching and, and it was very real. Um and I, the the main thing I wanted people to take out of it was it is okay. whatever happens is supposed to happen, and if your kid, either a doesn 't get into an academy or gets in and decides to leave it 's not the end of the world. Um, this young man ended up doing exceptionally well in his his civilian college and was happy you know very happy to be where he was um, And when I, you know, when I look at the, um, the analytics on my blog, every month, you'll see a number of people reading that piece. And, and I think it's fantastic that, uh, that they get that perspective that, you know, everybody's going to have a different, um, is going to have a different, different experience, both the mids and the families.
0: That's very true. And, and, um, and everybody hits a rough patch now Mm -hmm. and then, um, I know that my kids refer to, um, midshipmen that have like 4.0s all the way across and mm. they're like mom they're on god's list they right? can do nothing wrong." <laughs> but even i mean i know a few of those uh mids that are on god's list and even they go through rough patches so
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: it's one of those journeys that it's going to come to you sooner or later so you're it's going to hit remember it. that
1: you're going to yeah. hit it and um susan weisberg who wrote the brilliant chester midshipmouse books mm. oh um, that's such
0: a good book her, she, her second she, book is now out too.
1: Right? I, I It's sitting on my piano and then a, a place of honor. Um, she referred to uh, Chester having that dark night of the soul. And when she, and this is why I wish I could write like this woman. She turned that phrase and, oh, it just, it hit me right in the heart. Cause, because I think as, I know as parents, we certainly had it. And I know my son had it. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I chronicled it in the, the one um, Hernan podcast, that journey where, you know, we weren't sure from the moment we saw him on the back end of I day, really until we saw him after the Herning climb, we weren't sure. Um, you know, we we kept in contact with his backup school. The football coach from his backup school called us. I talked to him three or four times over the course of my son's plebe year. Him asking, you know, do you think he's going to come here? We could use him, and you know, stay in contact. And they held a spot for him, um, but. You know, I think there's always that, even if it's a, it could be an hour, it could be a day, it could be a month, it could be a whole year. Um, I've had, um, I had a number of parents, you know, once people started reading the blog, um, I was texting with one parent right before two for sevens, which they sign, of course, after their second year before they start their third year. Um, and throughout that summer, she was texting me, you know, she wasn't sure someone was going to sign and he was having significant doubts. And, you know, we, we, we talked constantly via text, um, over the course of that summer, then he ended up, he did sign his two for sevens and, you know, a, a switch flipped and, you know, he, he was fine, but, um, you know, we all, we all go through that and that's why it is so important to have, um, to have that network of people and that, that's that almost like this large support group, um, you know to be there for you.
0: Yes, it is, it, it's, it's critical mm-hmm. of, of all the journeys, I think um, that our children will go through, um, mm-hmm. this, it is critical um, as they go through the Naval Academy. And then after it changes um, and you still need that support as a fleet parent, uh, but to get used to the structure, to get used to the way things work mm-hmm. um, in the Naval Academy, it's so important to have that support.
1: So uh, let me tell you, let me tell you a story, and, I, and this is tangential, but I think it speaks yeah. for your saying about being in the fleet. So my son had um, had surgery at Walter Reed, and as we're sitting there waiting for waiting for him to come out to, to recovery, uh, we're speaking of the woman whose whose husband spent like twenty some years on submarines, mm-hmm. and uh, she was she was sharing with us the time that he got moved. To, I don't want to say it was to Kings Bay, and she said so we show up. We have, you know, she said, I don't know anybody here. We literally our first day we get on base, we're driving along the base, and um, he gets a call from his commander saying, you're leaving. He said, when? He said, now. You mean like today? No, now, this minute. And her husband oh kissed gosh. her on the cheek and left, and she said, here I am. I've never even seen the house we're going to live in. I don't know. She's, I don't even know where to go to grow for groceries. I don't know where the house (laughs) is. And I'm like, and that's, and, you know, luckily there were people there who, you know, swooped in and and out there, but that is, that's what it means to be a part of that, uh, you know, that military family, because they, you, you have lost control of your life. You know, and that's, that's exactly, and you luckily you have the support of people to kind of get you through those crazy moments.
0: Yeah, that is such a great story. And, and something that I always, uh, say is that the only constant in the military life is change mm-hmm. uh, because you never know when it's going to come, but it, it will come. Um, so it, and it can't even be ready. You just have to kind of you, what you have to be ready to do is to go with the flow, to be somewhere
1: The Yiddish proverb is how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and I, I've said that like I, you know, I wrote a little piece for the incoming parents i'm like look you're going to make all these plans and just be ready for everything to blow up at the last second and you know i could and and my my wife who tries to think through these things all the time i finally say to her look there's a good reason for all this why is that i said because maybe end of story like that's just (laughs) stuff just
0: (laughs) it is it's true it's true i I remember in my oldest um commission took his three weeks of his um basket leave Mm -hmm. and he gets to his ship and he's supposed to be assigned to one department and he's assigned to engineering and he's running both divisions uh both engineering divisions so both steam plants and Mm -hmm. steam plants and he's like mom they obviously did not see my thermo grade (laughs) and uh and he just went with it he Mm -hmm. listened and uh and and learned a lot from his master chiefs and and he had a great uh time on his on on his first ship so yeah uh it is it's all about change and how you deal with change
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely
0: talking about change Mm -hmm. um what has been the most memorable journey for you um Mm -hmm. as your son Mm -hmm. went through the naval academy
1: so the there's two things I would say that stand out um, during his time there. The first was just the plebe year. Um, you know, when they break it down and they say your time at the academy is in thirds, plebe summer, plebe year, and then the other three years, mm-hmm. could could not be more true. Um, and that plebe year was such a journey from and as I've I've shared a number of times, we had absolutely the worst ID experience possible. Um, without without question, my worst day as a father. I never felt worse about being a parent than I did that day. Um, then to see, you know, the ups and downs through that year, um, uh, to finally get to the, um, you know, finally get to the climb and get to the end of it. That was, that was amazing in both the best and possible, worst possible ways. The second was my son's journey with, um, with sprint football. Um, you know, he didn't make the team his first year, and uh i thought that was going to kill him i thought that's going to be the end of it he's he's going to cash it in because he wanted to play football at the next level so bad Um, he got invited back to spring ball play year, then got invited to camp that august Um, and then you know he made the team which was which was good he played very sparingly as is often the case with underclassmen um and then that next summer you know by when he came home he came home on fire and I've never seen. I've I've worked with athletes a long time. Um, he I've never seen anyone work the way he did. He worked with a personal trainer to improve his speed. He uh, did one-on-one sessions with his old offensive line coach to work on his footwork and his hand work, um, and getting out of his getting out of his um, stance quicker. Um, he was you know lifting at an unprecedented pace. He, uh, he set up two skull sessions with his high school football coach to go through the playbook so he could understand it that much more. So he, you know, and he came in um, and uh, just worked his tail off and that last to that for his junior year um, was second string when he started in the first game, someone got hurt. And, you know, next thing you know, he's playing, he's a starter. He ends up being a starter on a team that wins the title. Um, And I just, you know, I remember being, it was crazy. It it was we're on the field at St. Thomas Aquinas when they win the title. And I looked at my wife and like, I, you know, (laughs) what do you, what can you say? So that journey, um, the sprint football journey and the the plebe year, those are two, um, two distinct, really, I mean, they're parallel, but they're, they're very distinct uh, memories of the time we had there.
0: I know that uh, for you, the Herndon is so special
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and, One of the uh, things that you decided to do with your gift of writing and love of music, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. uh, was the Herndon playlist Mm -hmm. that you began from the class of 2020. And I think you're on your fifth or sixth one now.
1: This will be the fifth year.
0: The fifth one. Mm -hmm. And every year we look forward to the Herndon playlist and your message. So how how did that idea come to you about... Uh, having a Herndon playlist for the plebe yeah. class. And, and what does that mean to you? Because I know the Herndon is that means a lot yeah.
1: to you. Yeah, Her- Herndon, um, to me, very early on, once I learned what Herndon was all about, I- I'll be honest, like, that's the only thing I could think about. Like, the, the further plebe year went on, the more I kept thinking, if we could just get to Herndon, if we could just get to Herndon, because we were so uncertain if he was going to make it or not. Um, you know, he was, there were, you know, there were, some of the calls were um, in October, November, especially were really grim. um, And they were very heavy. And we weren't sure we just were, you know, we're, like I said, wringing our hands. And I kept thinking if we could just get to Herndon and get to the end of this thing. At one point, um, you know, as I try to do with my son is just try to kind of help him think through things. So I said, listen, you have to decide how one, you have to know that everybody hates something about their situation, that's that's life, right? No matter what job, what place you are, everyone is not gonna like something. So you have to decide how much of what you don't like is about being a plebe, how much of it is about being at the Naval Academy and how much of it is Navy in general, because plebe year is gonna end in less than whatever, eight, nine months. Your time at the Academy is only three more years. But Navy is a lot longer, so you have to decide. And he kind of wrestled with it. And he called me back a couple weeks later and said, "You know, Daddy, he goes, I think most of what I don't like about it is all this is being a plebe." I said, "Well, then you have to decide if you can tough it out till May." And he's like, "All right." And you know, obviously, we, we made it there. So we started getting towards that you could, you could finally see it, right? You could, you're cresting the hill. A and light at the end it. of the tunnel. Exactly right. <laughs> and I'm thinking, so it's going to, and I'm starting to shared experience. Um, and I've been doing, you know, often on some podcasts, just really just playlists, mostly for myself. Um, and I thought, boy, it'd be kind of cool to share with some of the parents what some of these plebes are thinking. So I asked Noah to um, kind of curate some songs from his classmates, which i'd say a handful of them did which was kind of cool they said this is the song they're thinking about coming up to herndon um and so we kind of made a playlist out of that um and then you know i had some you know had a fair number of listeners which is good and a good response to it um i'll be honest a couple parents thought it was absolutely like the wrong thing to do that that that's okay Uh, carl you you
0: can't you just can't
1: i'm not bacon i can't make everybody (laughs) happy Right. So, so then the, the next year I thought, well, we, you know, we did the, we did the plebe. So that made it more of a family affair. You know, I had my, my, the mid-sib and mid-mom contributed a piece along with, you know, with the mid himself. Um, and then, then that the third year I said, you know, I'm going to, I really want to tell our whole plebe story. And I made that third one all about that, that very long roller coaster, um, you know, the highest of highs and lowest of lows. Uh, and had the songs go along with it, and I, I felt really good about it. That was cathartic, getting that whole thing kind of really out there, um, and last year was a lot of fun because, you know, everybody, I had so many contributors, you know, you and um, Susan and Kristen and Grant um, all kind of pitching in, and that was, you know, that was kind of fun. It's been, um, you know, it's been fun to put together and fun to share with people.
0: Oh well, well, I can tell you that um, Herndon would not be the same Uh, without the playlist, at least for our family. We have really enjoyed it. So thank you for taking the time to do that. And it's always so great to collaborate with you as well. You mentioned Midsib. Mm -hmm. And I know that Midsib is, um, she's a very special young lady. She's also kind of choosing to go a different way. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about Midsib and where she's decided to go and how you are dealing with being, uh, first of all, your loyalties, how do you Mm -hmm. deal with your loyalties? And then how how has it been having these two different roads at two different military academies?
1: Well, the, the, the preparation we have for this is having two kids from two very different beginnings, right? So Noah is our biological son, of course, and Katie, we adopted from China. Um, and actually I, um, I documented that that trip to China, and I took all those notes I I wrote wrote about it online years ago when she first came in and then I just recently just published a uh, put it together in like a quick book. So she would have that um, have that document for so herself. what it
0: was the name of that book. It's, called, first- it's
1: called it's called bringing Katie home, uh, and I have it on Amazon, uh, and I okay. think you can download it as an ebook for like a, a buck. I, I literally set the price as low as I could to, just to get it okay. out there. Um, So having it, you know, and one thing that we've learned from the whole experience is you want to talk about two very different kids. You know, um, you know, one's a boy, one's a girl. One was blonde haired and blue eyed and the other is this little Asian girl. Um, You see my son now and he's this, you know, this football player, you know, burly young man. And then you have my daughter's five foot one, 100 pounds when she's soaking wet and carrying a box. Um, so they've been very, very different kids, Uh, and, you know, Noah, like I said, had that very singular focus. It was Naval Academy or Civilian College. Katie, from a very, very early on in the high school process, decided she wanted to do, she wanted to be a military officer, and uh, and she frankly didn't care how that happened, so um, when she started applying to the academies, she applied to uh, West Point, Annapolis, Air Force Academy, Coast Guard Academy. Um, she applied to the ROTC programs for you know, all the military branches. That's where she was headed. And she had a, um, a very clear vision of what she wanted. Um, you know, She saw the struggles that her brother had that first year, uh, but she also saw the opportunities that he got. And uh, Katie is um, a very logical linear thinker. And when she started to kind of do the pluses and minuses to her, uh, it just absolutely made sense. Um, and I tell you one thing that kind of crystallized I think for us, she, she um, had finished her bronze award with the Girl Scouts, had done her silver award. Um, and for her gold award, she wanted to do something for veterans uh, because she has said time and again, um, she's really kind of appalled at the way the country treats their veterans. Like they deserve mm-hmm. better. So we, I want to do something for the veterans. Um, As she was kind of casting about trying to find the right project, everyone she talked to, well, most people she's talked to were saying like, well, you could plant wreaths here, or you could do flowers here, or do a plaque. And Katie's like, that's not going to help. I I want to do something to actually help somebody. It's not personal. Yeah, she, she really wanted to make a difference. So as, you know, synchronicity would have it, we came in contact with Dana Spain, who's a very big philanthropist here in the Philadelphia area. And Dana had just bought the uh, Philadelphia Veterans Comfort House, which was a, a transitional homeless shelter for veterans and uh, had fallen on very hard times, was very lacking in funding. So Dana bought this house and, was, and really was gutting it from top to bottom and redoing the whole thing and going to transform it into um, focus just on uh, female veterans, homeless veterans, a transitional mm-hmm. shelter for them. So um, Katie went on to talk to her and you know to the house and dana came into the family in this huge room and just said it's yours what do you want to do with it and katie looked at it because katie was thinking um initially she was talking to the va down in philly and said maybe i could set up like a small like a bookshelf or somebody create a a reading room because one of her Mm -hmm. veteran veterans at our church said that would be useful um too much red tape but dana said you want to do that that's fine here it is well the space ended up being 96 square feet and it's this enormous wall so Mm -hmm. she marshalled her troops and she built this and it's not even a bookshelf and it's it's it is really a piece of furniture we built it in pieces it's 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 beautiful and she we installed it um there's probably four or five hundred books she collected um that's amazing about a half about 150 100 puzzles crafts a writing table um and she said she said you know this is something that can and 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 she also at the same time collected um, a bunch of toiletries for the for the, the first set of um residents so mm-hmm. she had it in her mind that that's something she really really wanted to do and then she said because that's something that's she goes, i you know she knows about her background she knows what happened um so she, she wants said, to get back know, yep she, she said this country has given me every opportunity And a large part of that is because of the military. And I wanna be a part of that. And I think we should respect that. So much different journey. Um, She did the summer seminar. uh, I'm sorry, she did a candidate's weekend at Naval Academy. We did a summer seminar at the Air Force Academy. We toured West Point, we toured the Coast Guard Academy. and it, you know, at the end of the day, she said Air Force was her first choice, um, but she would have said it. So she would have gone to any of them. And then, you know, luckily she got uh, two nominations to the Air Force Academy, and uh, you know, got the invitation to go to the the uh, Air Force Prep School this year. Um, and we're about a week out now from getting ready to go see her graduate. So.
0: Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah. That's so exciting! What an yeah. amazing young lady! Congratulations yeah, to you! Thank, you. Thank um, you. I love her heart uh, for service. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I didn't know that particular story about the mm. veterans before. You know that she has a heart for service mm-hmm. because she's at the Air Force, but that just makes it even more compelling. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Sure. And congratulations and congratulations to Katie. What a you. fabulous job. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to uh, when they, when Navy plays Air Force, who are you rooting for Carl?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Um, I I think what I what I would say is honestly I'll probably root for whoever the home team is because I know how much that means to the people like you know I remember plebe year when um, God who did they beat they beat someone it might have been Houston at um, home and they yes they, I
0: think it was Houston and I think. Uh,
1: and the soup said it was like the biggest victory in Auburn years and he gave them liberty and it was a and, <laughs> and, I, and now bear in mind we're close enough we can drive back and forth. But Noah's like, I get to come home, and I'm like, well, dude, you're going to come home tonight and go back tomorrow. He goes, yeah, but I'm coming home tonight. <laughs> so, You know, that's I mean, wonderful. Yeah, so I think <laughs> that, that's what I always think of. You know, it's one thing to want your team to win; it's another thing to know that if your team wins, you have a chance to actually get something special. So I think that's where that's where we're going to go. That's where we're rooting for. That's very
0: true. I know that our our youngest uh, received his appointment to the Naval Academy, so he was going to continue the family tradition. Yeah, um, and then. I don't know, sometime in the spring, I think it was March, he received a letter from the year for, uh, from NROTC that mm-hmm. he had received a scholarship and they had given it to his number one school, which is Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't heard from Notre Dame yet. And he thought, you know, I don't think I'm going to make it into Notre Dame. So he's full steam ahead, all Navy. Mm-hmm. And in April, he gets a letter from or email or whatever they do nowadays um, that he's in Notre yeah. Dame. And it totally threw him for a loop and this child agonized for about three weeks. We went to visit yeah. right away. He fell in love with it. And I think we knew in our, in our hearts that um, he would, that Notre Dame was just a perfect fit for him. So anyway, yeah. everybody asks us, so who do you root for when Notre Dame and Navy play? And our reply is always blue and gold because they're both blue and gold. <laughs> so whoever the guys with like the it.
1: gold helmets were wearing. <laughs> right? yeah absolutely uh absolutely.
0: so i i feel your pain <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: and um we're to wrap up i have one or two more questions sure. do you feel that the naval academy prepared you to be a fleet parent did they do a good job or what did you appreciate about the experience with the naval academy that prepared you to be a fleet parent
1: did the Naval Academy prepare me prepare to be a fleet parent? Prepare you to be a
0: fleet parent, yeah.
1: No, they didn't. No, no they, didn't. they didn't. No, but I, here's what I would say, and I, I, people, will, oops, my wife will ask me sometimes, because she's not on Facebook, she'll say, why do you spend so much time on Facebook? And I, I'll tell her, if it weren't for some of the parents I connected with on Facebook <laughs> during plebe summer and plebe year... I don't know that I would have made it. Forget my son <laughs> making it. I don't know that I would have made it. That's so true. I think that was, um, you know, at that time, Grant Vermeer was you know doing Academy Insider, and I was <laughs> you know voraciously consuming all that content, uh, reading everything I could from different parents groups um, you know, about you know advice and experiences and whatnot. Um, but no, that the I mean, frankly, I don't think it's a naval academy's job to prepare me to be a plebe parent. I mean, you know, our job is to prepare our kids to attend and, and be good mids. Um, and after that, the responsibility ends, they, you know, they, they don't owe us a thing. Um, that is true. So, you know, I, I, and I, so when I say they didn't prepare me, I don't say that bitterly. I say that very matter of factly, they didn't. And I, I know why. Um, my, so here's a story. My, my son had something, I think he was sick or something, and he, he his plea beer. So my wife, my wife called, the, the BMU and, uh, asked her a question, like, ma'am, don't take this personally. We don't want to, we don't talk to you. Like, <laughs> which my wife was aghast at, just, you know, just totally offended by it. She's like, but I'm his mother. And she's like, they're like, that's great. You know, he belongs to us. We'll take care of him. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> and
1: that's so, you know, and I said, it's the way it is. Um, so yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the parents who pay it forward, and these are parents who had they were out of the, their kids were out of the academy at this point. Um, and they're only doing it out of you know, trying to pay it forward and out of knowing the fear and frustration you have as a plea parent. And I'll yes. always be, um, there were, um, and I, you know, I don't wanna name names, but there was one mom in particular whose husband recently retired from the Navy after a long service. Um, many nights she was texting me or messaging me on Facebook back and forth when I was you know, kind of in my, having my dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, consoling me and, you know, kind of explaining to me like what's happening and, um, you know, and how do you thank somebody for that? You know, the only thing I can think to do is what I'm doing, which is try to pay it forward a little pay bit. Um, and when, you know, I have, I had a, um, I had a, a young man who had received a nomination. Uh, his father, you know, messaged me a couple of times and then he, he asked if you could call him. Of course I said, yes. Um, and we were on the phone. His son just had some incredibly difficult uh, times that's the, uh, leading up to that that spring leading up to what have been i day um mm-hmm. you know and that's that's the only thing i can think to do to, to help uh, because i know i was in that situation um and if you didn't have somebody reaching out to help you i don't know i don't know what we would have done i don't know what we would have that, is, that
0: is so true that is so true and that and that's um one of the reasons why i'm still around doing what i'm doing and updating mm-hmm. the book every year is because we had such incredible mentors that that poured so much into Mm. us and gave us so much time um, that we can't help but pay it forward.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think it's important.
0: Yeah. Final question. Sure. Looking back at your four-year experience at USNA and your one year, I guess, at Air Force, Mm. what advice would you give um, the current parents and especially the new parents? That are that are coming in.
1: So the new parents um, are the ones I'm most sensitive to, and to them I would say, don't be afraid to ask for help. Take in all the information you can, um, but realize that your journey is going to be different, um, and that whatever happens is what's supposed to happen. So it's you know if your kid communicates all the time is sending you selfies and facetiming great if you don't hear from your kid for weeks at a time it's okay um and just roll with it and the um the the thing the thing i would i would counsel them to is to just enjoy every bit of it um so one thing we learned the pandemic taught us was don't miss anything don't say you're gonna do it next time. You know, we, we didn't, we never went to the the eyeball, the international ball. Um, you know, we didn't get a ring dance because our son had a zero block training. Um, and I remember during my son's senior year of sprint football, there were a couple of games we thought, I don't think we're gonna make it to that game. In fact, the one in particular was up it was up at Cornell and it was just a miserable weekend. We thought, I don't think we're gonna make it. And like on Thursday, I looked at my wife and said, I, we really should go. And thank God we did. You know, we got to see every single game of his senior year. Um, so don't miss any of those things. Do it all, see it all, um, engage in it all, and uh, you know, don't, don't um, you? Won't, I don't think you regret any of that. I don't think I regretted a single trip down to Annapolis, or any of the things we got involved with. Um, you know,
0: don't take it for granted for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I remember
0: um, our our daughter um, was a plebe when our son was a firstie, and she decided not to go to the grad ball. Mm. Oh no, I'll go when I'm a firstie. Well. Yeah. That didn't happen. She right. was part of the class of 2020. So definitely, I I, I second your advice um, yeah. to the newer parents. Anything for um, existing? I don't want to say older parents, but no, <laughs> existing I know the, the, parents,
1: yeah, the veteran parents. No, <laughs> yes. I, the, I would the same advice. Would, well, I say two things. One is to again do it all. Right, go to a football mm-hmm. game. Go, please go to the Army Navy game. Um yes. you know, don't miss out That's on that. Lost. But but all those things that you might take for granted, you know, go do them, go engage with them. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing I would ask you to do is to pay it forward, do the same thing that we've been talking about, which is, you know, if you know, if you see parents on Facebook asking for advice, give it to them, offer it to them, um, reach out to people, um, you, you know, be, be that, try to be, even if you don't have all the answers, you, know, you can always share, this is my experience, this is what we've seen. I think that's um, that's something that I think really just makes such a huge, huge difference um, because you know we've been very public. So this is, this is a, a little tangent, but when Katie was applying for the Air Force Academy, you know I was very, very public about that. Um, and one parent asked me, said, "Do you really want to be this, you know, upfront about that? Because what if she doesn't get in?" And I said, "You know, I talked to both my kids about it, and my well, my son would tell you, this. I didn't realize we had a choice if we could be public or not, and we don't, <laughs> but." Um, you know, as it turns out, uh, you know, uh, actually a father of someone my son played with in the jazz ensemble in high school happened to know a major who used to run uh, one of the Air Force bases nearby, and he talked to Katie and ended up giving her it's a letter a of recommendation. It's a small world, right? It is. It's such a small world. But if you don't reach out, you may never know. So, I, you know, that's my, my ask of parents who've been through some of the, even if you're not all the way through it, um, you can offer an awful lot of solace and comfort to other parents just by saying look we've you know one thing i end a lot of my um plate pieces with is you know tens of thousands of young men and women have gone through this process and they've made it yes. you know your kid is too but sometimes you need someone who's been through it to tell you that for it to really sink in
0: it's very true it's very true mm-hmm. um we all need to lean on each other
1: yep Agreed. Right.
0: well thank you so much carl smith for my uh, pleasure, for joining me today and if you could please I'll let everyone know uh, the name of your book. Mm -hmm. And I believe they can, well, you have the two books. You have Katie's book. So uh, Mm -hmm. if you can repeat that, uh, your other book about the Naval Academy, and then um, the name of your blog so they can find
1: you. Sure. So you can read about Katie's uh, journey home. Uh, The title is Bringing Katie Home. You can find that on Amazon. Um, The book about the Naval Academy, uh, which again, is no, there's no narrative. There's no uh, big story. It's a collection of facts, figures, and just fun information about the Academy. It's called Anchored in Tradition. And you can find that on Amazon as well. And the blog is mykidthemid.com. And um, try try to keep it updated every week or two with something new. And, um, you know, hope to check it out.
0: Well, thank you so much, Carl. And um, thank you for everything that you do for our Navy family hope to see you on the yard soon.
1: Yes, exactly. I hope so too. Go, Go Navy, beat Army.